Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 7. This week we're talking about 1977's Slapshot. With Joe. I'm ready to flash him, Joe. Oh, now, sir. I'm going to walk down that stick and aisle. I'm going to open this bathrobe and wiggle my dick at him. You will not. Yes, I am, Joe. And you know why? Because I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. And Sam. They brought their fucking toys with them. They're really happy playing with their toys and playing with themselves. They're too dumb to play with themselves. Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Reggie Donlop to my Anita McCambridge, Sam. Welcome back, Holzer. <laughs> Buenos dias. Well, we're going to Spanish on this one. Uh, this week, Sam has nominated Slapshot from 1977 for the sports movie Pantheon, like one that. of the few hockey movies that made. we deserve. I mean, can you name five? Miracle. That's one. Mighty Ducks. I'll Two. just count as one. We'll count that as one. Slapshot. That's three. Yes. Um, Mystery Alaska? Yes. Four. 100% Mystery Alaska. <laughs> Airbud on ice. Airbud on ice. We'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Is that it? I, I don't know. I don't. Was Airbud on ice really one? Yeah. It, are you serious? I haven't seen it, but I know it exists. Is there, a 100%. Yeah. It's a Labrador <laughs> on ice. Yeah, I mean, there's they hockey movies don't normally make money. Oh, Goon, oh Goon, Goon is one hundred percent a fantastic. Goon is fantastic. Goon, I want to do also at some point. Love Guru, is that a hockey movie? No, Love but it Guru deals with yeah, but it deals with a hockey player and a hockey team. Yeah, but is but it isn't. <laughs> is Emily Rose a horror movie or a drama? <laughs> A horror movie. Is The Fly a horror movie or a drama? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. It's, it's an in-betweeny. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. And there's fantastic documentaries, but those can don't count. Yeah, we've had, I mean, we've only we only got three right uh, we only got three movies in the sports movie pantheon right now. Number one is Hoosiers, basketball movie. Number two, Moneyball, baseball. Number three, Bull Durham, baseball. Now I've always been of the opinion that baseball movies usually make the best movies. Because there's so much downtime in the dugout for all the goofiness. <laughs> okay. Uh, after that, you could make a case for basketball or football, but hockey, much like in America, is always number four. You know? It's a shame. It is a shame because we know baseball sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out of the pantheon in the future. So discuss, analyze, grade, see if it lands amongst the grades like we always do. But now we've handled that business, let's get down to business! This week, we are talking about 1977 Slapshot, a movie made for an unknown amount, because back then they didn't disclose the figures. That brought in $28 million worldwide. That's $128.4 million in adjusted inflation dollars for a hockey movie. And I'm going to go ahead and say, this was not a very expensive budget. No, it was not. They even repeat two songs. <laughs> they, they cut down on licensing by repeating songs. I feel like the producers of this film were like the general, the, the president of the hockey team when he just started saying, we need to cut costs. No more jacuzzi. No more this. We're getting rid of this bus. <laughs> no more spa. Masseuse is gone. Uh, written by Nancy Dowd and David Toohey. That's not correct. 
David Tui wasn't alive back then. This is wrong. Nancy Dowd was there. David Tui was not. Do you know who David Tui is? No. David Tui wrote Riddick. Wow. There's no way he was on this. Directed by George George Roy Hill and music by Elmer Bernstein. Uh, starring <clears throat> Paul Newman as Reggie. Strother Martin as McGrath, Michael Antkeen as Ned Braden, Jennifer Warren as Francine, Lindsay Krauss as Lily. And if you don't know who Lindsay Krauss is, this goes out to all of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans out there. She was the professor in season five, that old lady who ran the, the, the team outside of the college. This is her when she was younger. Not bad looking. No, nah, not at all. Nah, she got kind of that tomboy thing going on right there, but rocket boys got a rocket. Got, <laughs> she's kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Hauser is Killer Carlson. Andrew Duncan is Jim Carr. Swoozy Kurtz. Swoozy Kurtz. Are you familiar with Swoozy Kurtz? No, great name though. Okay, but look her up right now, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, her. Swoozy. She is one of the bar flies that's always in the bar. No shit. That's her. She's got big red hair yeah. in the movie, big old forehead like she does now. She's looked the same. <laughs> it is now what fifty She's, years. She hasn't changed. <laughs> and Jeff wow. Car Jeff Carlson, Steve Carlson, and David Hansen as Jeff, Steve, and Jack Hansen. <laughs> the boys. Okay, Sam. <clears throat> I don't know if you even can answer this question. Do you remember seeing this for the first time? And what did you think? Uh, I don't. I don't remember the first time. <laughs> I um. Uh, I think I saw it on, I think it was on TV, flipping through the channels, and that was like my first little glimpse, but it didn't catch my attention. Yeah. Um, but no, I definitely, after I was like into hockey, uh, I Netflixed this. Okay. Before it was streaming, like mailbox. The mail <laughs> gets folded up. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, for me, it was this week. It was, well, we're recording this later on, but it was been so surprised this week. I've owned the movie, but I, I, I never watched it. I always was like, I'll just buy it. Cause I know it's a classic to have never saw it. And whenever <laughs> I tried to watch it, I was like, I can't get into this. Uh, and so when you mentioned it for this week, I was like, okay, now I, there's no excuses. I got to buckle down and watch this because you spoke very highly of it. You were yeah. like, this is, this is one of the, pinnacle ho hockey movies right all six of them oh <laughs> if you break up the mighty ducks fortress into one yes <laughs> although let's be honest it's number one and then two three and four are somewhere on the bottom yeah. uh <laughs> now that we've had that business let's get down to business with our segment inception to the perception where i dig shallowly into the internet to find out how this movie came to be don't get on the set get ready to shoot and then ask for rewrites Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. The original screenplay by Nancy Dowd is based in part on her brother Ned Dowd's experiences playing minor league hockey in the U.S. in the 1970s. At that time, violence, especially in the low minors, was a selling point of the game. Still is. Yeah, I was going to say, people still it's go just nothing. to watch the fights. Hell yeah, that's the best hockey you'll see. Ugh, Red Wing fans, we love our Bob Probert. <laughs> okay, Dowd was living in L.A. when she got a call from Ned, a member of the Johnstown Jets hockey team. He gave her the bad news that the team was for sale. Dowd moved to the area and was inspired to write Slapshot. Now, Nancy Dowd used Ned in a number of his Johnstown Jets teammates in Slapshot, which is why they're so proficient at skating. 
with Ned playing Syracuse goon Oglethorpe. <laughs> he later used the role to launch a career as a Hollywood character actor, an assistant director, and eventually a line producer. So basically he went from the pinnacle down, 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 down. Hey. Yeah. The character of, oh, no, I'm sorry. The characters of the Hanson brothers are based on three actual brothers, Jeff, Steve, and Jack Carlson, who played with Ned Dowd on the Jets. The character of Dave Killer Carlson is based on then-Jets player Dave Killer Hanson. Steve and Jeff Carlson played their Hanson brother counterparts in the film. Jack Carlson was originally scripted to appear in the film as the third brother, Jack, with Dave Hanson playing his film counterpart. And just like in the movie, you cannot differentiate between the three of the things that I just said. Nope. However, by the time filming began, Jack Carlson had been called up by the Edmonton Oilers, then of the WHA, to play in the WHA playoffs. So Dave Hansen moved into the role of Jack Hansen, and Jerry Hauser was hired for the role of Killer Carlson. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Oh, I love it. Paul Newman, claiming that he swore very little in real life before making the slap shot, said to Time Magazine in 1984, there's a hangover from characters sometimes. There are things that stick since slap shot. My language is right out of the locker room. <laughs> So this movie changed the Tainted way he stalks. <laughs> yeah. And which is funny because I can't remember a Newman movie where he had a foul mouth outside of this one. No, he's always very straight. Yeah. Cisgendered white male. <laughs> no, Not one of no, those. No, he's, he's just very like, he's. Oh, what the Fantastic. <laughs> no, he's just very like. Typical '60s actor. Yeah. No, he he was a he's a he's the he's I consider him a bridge actor between the classics of the Bogarts and all them yeah. to what we have now. Yeah. Like this is the these are the guys that were the glue in between. Yep. Okay. Um, Newman stated that the most fun he ever had making a movie was on Slapshot, as he had played on the sport played the sport while young and was fascinated by the real players around him. And during the last decades of his life, he repeatedly called Reg Dunlop one of his favorite roles. Al Pacino wanted to play the role of Reggie Dunlop, but director George Roy Hill chose Newman instead. Probably the only time in the 70s Newman got a role over Pacino. <laughs> and I'm glad he did. I I don't. I could not see Pacino playing this role. There's no way in hell. It just wouldn't be the same. It, no, he wouldn't have been able to have pulled the comedy chops on it. No, absolutely not. No. And just every time he takes a shot, just hoo ah, hoo ah. Not gonna do it. There's right no now. chirping whatsoever. Ah. <laughs> just. I was watching it last night again to kind of refresh it in my brain, and just the scene where Newman confront after he meets the Hanson brothers, confronts the president, and goes, "They're a bunch of re." <laughs> I can see Pacino saying this. What's the matter? <laughs> Why'd you do to me there? They're all re <laughs> So now a clip from the movie. Hi, Jim Carr again. Uh, Dennis, uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. Uh, could you tell them, for example, uh, what is icing? Well, um, icing happened when uh, the puck come down, bang, you know, before the other guys, mm -hmm. nobody there, you know. Mm -hmm. My arm go comes out, then uh, the game stopped and start up. I see. Uh, what is high sticking? High sticking happen when uh, the guy take the stick, you know, and he go like that. You know, you don't do that. You don't do that. Oh, no, never, never. Why not? Against the rules. You know, you're stupid when you do that. Just some English pig with no uh, brain Dennis, at all, uh, you know. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is um, like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a penalty for that? Yeah, 
Uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that, and mm -hmm. for hook like this, mm -hmm. and uh, for spear, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. All bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, mm -hmm. and then you get free. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. The Charlestown Chiefs, a minor league hockey team, need to drum up attendance for their upcoming game with a team from Hyannisport. Television host Jim Carr interviews Denny Lemieux on his short on his show Sports Talk about the finer points of hockey. English is the French Canadian's player's second and not best language, but Denis gamely describes penalty moves like hooking and slashing using his stick on Jim to demonstrate. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like you could copy and paste this interview into almost every single hockey <laughs> locker room interview. Yep. Nothing has changed. No. This this is what locker room interviews look like. Like if they can't get the stars of the game and they get like the fourth lineman, you're like, that's that's how they talk. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get bodies on boards and then uh, come together as a team. Like and, everything uh, about this interview is great because I can see like Bob Cherry doing this. <laughs> but I really like it when he describes going to the penalty box. You feel shame, then you're free. Then you're free. <laughs> and I knew when I saw this scene at the beginning, I was like, okay, I understand what this is. This is major league on ice. I'm in. Yeah, 100%. I'm in. Even when he grabs a stick and starts poking at Jim Carr and hooking him. <laughs> It's so like good. gives him a little hit on the shins for the slash. Yeah. <laughs> it's like tunk. Well, I'd say that went well. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie Reg Dunlop is the team's aging player coach, and the team is dead last in the second-rate Federal League. He meets opposing player Nick Brophy at center ice to start the Hyannisport game, and Nick reveals he is drunk and resents that his coach put him in the game. In the broadcast booth, Chiefs player Dave Carlson, who supposedly was injured in a previous game, reveals that he isn't playing because he actually has a cold. The lone quality player for the Chiefs is Ned Braden, who is not only the highest scorer in the Federal League, he makes his record shot during the Hyannisport game, but he is also also a Princeton grad who plays for the love of the game. Okay. I'm loving the small town hatred of the hockey players. <laughs> you suck, Reggie. <laughs> the I'm one so girl, drunk, I might piss myself. The one girl in the stands yells out, you big pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, and just the look that Newman gives the crowd when he's yelled at, it's just hysterical. Oh, like, eh, this is what <laughs> I do now. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so was it on purpose that the credits are during the national anthem? Because I think it's it's so disrespectful. I think it's hilarious. I think it was on purpose, but I don't hear the thing. We knew back then that that was around the time that they started playing the national anthem for all the sports at the beginning. So this is how you start off a sports movie. So you got to play it at the beginning. And I love the fact that it's cut off. It's like they, they cut off the entire middle yeah. part of it. Because they're like, we don't, we're not going to put everybody's name up here because you won't recognize any of them. <laughs> uh, but it's also, it's cool because I say that this is when they started transition from putting credits at the beginning to putting mm -hmm. them at the end. Yeah. This is 77. I believe it was Lucas was the first big movie in Star Wars, was the first big movie in theaters where they put all the credits at the end of the movie. And it pissed off oh. everybody at the Writers Guild because they were like, this is supposed to be at the beginning. This is our point. Okay, he, that makes sense because now that I'm thinking about it, most you know older films, everything happens before. Yeah, right. So when oh. Lucas put it at the end, he's like, I want my crawl to be in the front. Yeah. 
Oh. You don't want to have all those names. And then I'll now read this. <laughs> all right. Um, and also, <laughs> anybody puts me in the boards, <laughs> I'm going to piss all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, despite what your opinion may about be mm. about the film as a film, mm -hmm. this is quite possibly the best showcase of hockey in a movie. Arguably, I would say yes. The I hockey scenes yeah. are unreal. I put it over mystery. I put it over Mighty Ducks, any of those movies. Yeah. Strong hockey, great shots. You can feel like the speed. And this is back when hockey players didn't wear helmets. Maybe we should say this. This is the best example of hockey being played in movies pre-helmets. Because I believe yeah. Miracle is the best post-helmets. I got to rewatch it because I don't know. Yeah. Miracle, you feel the speed. This, you feel the the violence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's damn good hockey. You're right. No. I, I, I loved watching the hockey scenes in this. And mainly because, again, I told you before the show, I had seen Paul Newman play hockey mm -hmm. when I was younger and at, when I, at, in Detroit when they had an all-star versus celebrity charity event and Paul Newman was out there, Dave Coulier was out there, Michael J. Fox was out there and they were playing against all the Red Wings legends. And uh, I just remember seeing him and when I watch him play hockey here, I'm like, he, this is not a stunt double. This is him playing. No, all those guys can play. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of shots in the very beginning montage where you see Paul Newman with it and you realize, damn, he looks like he could play minor league hockey. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like the fact that they're all wide shots too. One of the big problems they have with hockey movies and or basketball movies or stuff like that is that they always try to get too close to show you the franticness of the action. They pulled back on this so you could see everything, everything. going on. And yeah. I love I really appreciated that. Joe McGrath, the team's manager, seems to be re receiving encouragement by the mysterious team owner to come up with publicity stunts for the players. Some of the men are put into the fashion show. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pay for it somehow. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can see the guy right now going, I'm going to go out there and wiggle my dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, okay. It, it's going to unzip his pants, pull his dick out. It's a fashion statement. I, you, you I'm not wearing do these. this today. <laughs> I'm not going out there. I look like a f this cock sucking shit. The number of things they say in this movie, there is no, even Mel Brooks be like, yeah, I can't put that in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> this, like, I was, I, I, I hadn't seen it in a while and it threw me off. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Has times really changed that much? <laughs> and then like circling back, like, I can't believe this was written by a woman. <laughs> Yeah, so some of the men are put into a fashion show, and Johnny Upton has had it. He warns McGrath that he plans to flash the audience so they won't have to do such degrading <laughs> things again. Joe blows him off to make a phone call to locate Reginette, who should be at the show as well, but has to stop the call short when cries of shock and disgust greet Johnny when he makes good on his threat and flashes the audience as he takes the runway. <laughs> and you know what? I'll be honest with you. If this ever gets canceled, I'm picking this shit up like Netflix. Oh, <laughs> This is, I mean... I hate to break this to everybody. This is locker room talk. And I know you all sit there saying, oh, I never talked like that. Yes, you did. And if you didn't, you know what? They talked about you like that. Also, it's, I think it's such a time period thing. <laughs> yes. A time period lo locker room talk. Cause there's locker room talk. And then there's like grandpa locker room talk. I'm not going out there, Joe. I am not going out there. If I, if you make me go out there, I am pulling my, my dick, dick out. out. <laughs> 
I'm not lying. I'm going to go out there. And the way he looks, he, he just kind of, he does this body shape oh, wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just know that that's exactly what he did when he went out there. Um, they do the radio show <laughs> where they don't have a call screener, apparently. <laughs> and all I could see when I was watching this was it reminded me of watching or listening to radio shows in Metro Detroit. Every time a lion's loss would happen because uh, they would, the callers would call it and just give the players and the ownership and the managers of the business, whether they were on or not. It was like, <laughs> they, could, they would have like Scott Mitchell, the quarterback. I'd be like, listen, Scott, you know, I appreciate you as a quarterback, but you really sucked in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and it was like this, like a nonstop thread. Oh my um, gosh. Thankfully, not much has changed in the Motor City, so thank you, Detroit, for that. Uh, <laughs> and so far, <clears throat> this movie has done what it needs to do. It has painted Dunlop as a sympathetic character early. Now, yeah. I'm not going to say for one second that they continue this throughout the movie. No. Uh it's created the ambiance of a team that can't win, but has a loyal following. And you get the idea that this is a C league where anything goes. It's like people who are fanatical about the Nashville sounds. When that's all you've got, you put your passion into it as a city. Sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> They're our minor league team, aren't they? Yeah. I've been going since I was a kid. Yeah. Still minor league and they suck. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. People don't people don't go to watch the games. They go for all the shit outside in the stadium. Do you think these fans are going to watch the game? They're watching. They're looking for blood. <laughs> Who's going to get killed tonight? Yeah, that's <laughs> when you go to a minor league. That's what you do. You go to see the violence. I will say this: we are comparing two different sports here. The Sounds are a minor league baseball team. Everybody, in case you didn't know that, uh, so it's not as violent in no. baseball. No, yeah. I mean I, I think I've mentioned my first hockey story your first hockey story my, my first ever hockey game no tell me oh beautiful like it's this that you played or you watched no, i watched this is before the nashville predators go for it a nhl team and this started in 98 this was 96 maybe okay so i was f five years old did you and watch a real team like the detroit red wings oh we went so nashville had a couple minor teams before they became the predators mm -hmm. they were the knights and then the flyers and the night flyers <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, the Flying Knights. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this was at the convention center. No, it was the municipal auditorium. Okay. And they had a hockey rink there. And um, <laughs> so we got, we, we were watching the game and it was some team that was like a Cobra. I, that's all I remember. But halfway through, um, the coach of the Cobra team had done enough to piss off the refs where he got thrown out of the game. And then <laughs> people pelted him with popcorn and drinks as they wa he walked out. Yeah. By the end of the game, it was a bench-clearing brawl. Both goalies charged each other, and both teams got off the bench, and the whole both teams 100% were fighting each other. That's amazing. This was when I was five. This was what year? This was 90, it had to be 96. Okay. And obviously my dad was just like, don't tell your mom about this, please. Right, please, right, please, please, right. Please. But I was like, that, I'm sold. Whatever this is, I love it. <laughs> uh, for me, I remember seeing my first, the, okay, 
I don't really see, remember seeing my first hockey fight because as a Red Wings fan, it, I grew up with Bob Probert. So it was every goddamn game. Mm-hmm. But I do remember seeing my first bench clearing game. Uh-huh. And that was in the playoffs. Red Wings Avalanche. That is the... Two, two golden teams right there that time. That's, that, that is the, uh, the gold standard now of fights. When you have two teams that hate each other so much after a span of three or four years, and they go at it, and even the goalies leave their nets <laughs> to meet at center ice and beat the shit out of each other, it was magical. Was this when Forsberg was on uh, Avalanche? Yes. Oh, my God. And here's the thing. If you were an Avs fan, you saw the Red Wings as your shadow. If you were a Wings fan, the Avalanche was your shadow. Every player on their starting five was a shadow of the other one. You had Iserman and Sackick. They were identical players. You had Fedorov and Forsberg, identical (sighs) players. You had Lidstrom. You had Adam Foote. Nearly identical players. It was like me. And then the first fight was Vernon versus Wah, and Vernon got his ass kicked by Patrick Wah. I will never forget that. <laughs> and then it was uh, the next year was Osgood. And okay. Chris Osgood went out there and beat the shit out of Patrick Wah. We were like, put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. But that was the gold standard of fights. And now every time that they go, oh, this is a big fight, I'm like, it's not, it's a, not big a big fight. fight. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've seen a big fight. This was a fight that's, and that fight started as soon as the puck was dropped. Oh, because if you remember, I love that. I, that's when <laughs> leading up to that fight was the Claude Lemieux on Chris Draper hit. Where he oh, smashed yeah. his face completely. Yep. McCarty started the whole thing. Jesus. Puck drops. McCarty just goes right after his one guy, and then it's all on. Yeah. There's been a couple times where and it's usually specifically the Blackhawks, um, which Blackhawks suck. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. But, yeah, we wouldn't even be in the game. Like, the game wouldn't even start. As soon as the puck drops, there's a fight. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you need to give him a message. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck I lo- you when you're fights- entitled bullshit. Fights are great in sports because you don't expect them to happen in a sport. You go, well, I'm here to watch the sport. Ooh, a boxing match. Ooh. <laughs> Malice at the palace? Yes, yes please. please. <laughs> I still don't know why hockey isn't as popular as it should be. Because of the fighting. That's why it's not as popular. No, that's what, I feel, that's what the commissioner will lead you to believe. <laughs> well, it's like I feel like this is coming from a person that doesn't get the hype of football. To me, football is boring as hell. Yeah stops all the time. Nothing really happens. As soon as one thing happens, you stop again. Like this is why I prefer rugby any mm. day. Cause it never stops. It keeps going. There's no pads. Right. And it's a just bones hanging just, out of skin. And <laughs> it's fantastic, but it's like hockey, you know, there's stop and goes, but yeah. it's go, 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 go. I remember when I was coaching my first year coaching down in Florida, uh, when I was coaching soccer, I had my, my assistant coach, Dave Distelrath. I know he's listening. Hey Dave. Uh, but, he was a hockey guy. Yeah. And he goes, I really don't know anything about soccer. I go, well, here's the deal. Soccer and hockey are basically the same. Pretty much. In that one is just slippery than the other. I go, yeah. if you can tell, if you can take the things that you know in hockey and apply them to soccer, you'll be a great defensive coach. Yeah. And, <laughs> you and, will. And he, he was fantastic at it. And it was like, I mean, cause, and that's why it's not as popular here is because soccer is not as popular either. It just isn't. We, we've been trying yeah. for years to make it popular. How many leagues have we seen in 50 years in this country with soccer? And pro all-stars that we brought over, too. Right. Every single one. Of yeah, them. and they're all over the hill. They're yeah. all done in Europe, so they come here. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we said, Ooh, we got Pele. Yeah. He's like 50 years old playing. Well, great win. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So I love fights and sports. Uh, when it's not the only part of the sport. They, in this movie, they make it seem like the only thing they care about is the fighting. Well, it, to, you know, I I didn't get to watch that type of hockey. Um, and I even missed the bruiser area era. Yeah, yeah. So to me, when I look back at it, like that was hockey. Mm-hmm. To me, it, that was part of the game. Yeah. Um, and I feel like... And there's a fantastic podcast, um, Spit and Chicklets, where they had my favorite player of all time, uh, Jordan Tutu, on. Mm-hmm. And even he talks about, like, he's he's so old school hockey. Like, he'll give his teammates a really hard time or he'll, like, get pissed off when they're going to chat before a game, like when they're starting to warm up. And they'll just joking around saying, hey, what's up? He's like, don't, don't you f***ing talk to him. <laughs> See, that's the way it should be. You should hate the other team. Yeah, like, no. You you can talk to them after we beat them. Yeah. And you want to have a beer. Mm-hmm. But don't, don't do it to the game. No, don't talk to me like I'm your friend. Right. I'm going to f***ing kill you. And take some minutes and feel shame. Yeah, and he's and like, get free. that time is, <laughs> and then you feel the shame, <laughs> and then, and then you're free. <laughs> and it was, you know, that was a big thing with Jordan Tutu. It was like, this isn't the same game that I grew up with. Oh, no. Like, and I mean, if you we ha- saw we saw a lot of those old school players really have a tar- tough time with the transitioning to what it was the new game. Yeah, when they stopped with the Bruiser era. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, dude, honestly, if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal. Podcast. Give it to me after the show. I'll I will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was, you know, this is back in the day when he was, uh, he's an Inuit, mm-hmm. and he played. Uh, he was playing. When he was playing like 18 and 19, 20 year olds when he was 13, and he had to, you know, put them on the boards. Like he had to. Was he playing CHL or OHL? Uh, he might have been OHL. Okay. I'm not sure. OHL is like the the gold standard now for minor league system going up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's get back to the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ned and Reg <laughs> pass the mill, which Ned tells him is going to close and lay off 10,000 workers. The Chiefs will have a difficult difficulty filling the stadiums with most of the town's residents suddenly out of work. Ned's wife, Lily, drives them home from the local bar, uptight about being a hockey wife with a troubled marriage in a town she can't stand. When I say drive, I mean NASCAR's a van down the road. Ned gives his attention to their St. Bernard dog, Ruby, and doesn't seem interested in his wife's attitude. Clearly, everyone hates it in Charleston except Dunlop. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, how bad is this town? It looks like Detroit. I don't know. It does look like like early <laughs> 70s D-Town. And, uh, and I, nobody's happy there. I mean, it looks miserable. It's just dreary. Yeah. Like, there's no sun. No. And the, the van, it's got, must <laughs> got a light ass because it got some air. Yeah, I think this is the first bit of slapstick you get. With the van? With the van, because yeah. it's so ridiculous. Yeah, and she's not, you know, you know her heart rate's not going over 60. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting tossed around, going over hills. But I'm sitting there going, why is she mad? Like this man. Like, I've been pissed off at a town before, but never to the point where I want to kill the people in the car with me. <laughs> I don't know. I felt that here in Nashville. <laughs> this down yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you hear about what they're gonna do with the the titan stadium 
what are they doing in the Nissan Stadium? So all those parking lots and all that property? Yeah. It's going to be a neighborhood. It's going to do what they're going to do with the sounds stadium kind of thing. So where's the parking going to be? Oh, there is none. So then the parking where people, uh, like the bridge parking where Mm -hmm. people park and then cross over the bridge, it's going to be gone. It's going to be developments. Oh God. And I go, where's everybody supposed to park? Cause there's already no parking. This is such a bad idea. It's such a bad idea. It's a horrible idea. They're gonna they, they're they gonna put neighborhoods right there. They're gonna rake in money with parking lot structures. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, <laughs> that that's shit on my shit in my mailbox there. Okay. Okay. So Joe is training Reg for a future in an office job and tells him to pick up the three new players he obtained from the Iron League, the Hansen brothers. <laughs> he finds League. them at the bus station by the noise of one of the boys trying to force a lost quarter out of the vending machine <laughs> by shaking it down. It took my fucking money. <laughs> he takes them to their hotel where the team will pick up their expenses for a week and only a week. And as they go down the hall for sodas, he notices toy cars and tracks in their suitcase. Reg is less than impressed with the new acquisitions and rails at Joe for picking up any discarded players he can find at rock bottom prices. His plan is to refuse to play them. This is like a fire sale. Everything must go when the mill closes down. Skate sharpener, massage table, jacuzzi, the bus. Uh, One of these things is not a luxury item, Sam. The bus. (laughs) Yeah. It's shot. It's just. Big old POS on wheels. Tell us about your joy of the Hanson brothers. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, some of the finest display of hockey players in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Golden. Can I say that when they get in the movie, the movie should have revolved around them? Yeah, no. This is, this is the greatest thing Slapshot ever did was these three brothers. Yeah. They and these are the only guys that stay consistent throughout the next slap shots. And honestly, they are the most intriguing part of the entire film. The whole way through. <laughs> Everything about stop. them. They never stop. Everything about them draws your attention from whatever the plot line is that's going on at the same time. They're in the locker room talking about things and they just look over and see them putting aluminum foil on their gloves. And you're going, can we go back to that? (laughs) (laughs) Who's the cinematographer? Get back to over there. (laughs) Yeah, they're the Ramones of hockey. Yeah, they're like the Ramones in Canada had a baby. Yeah, it's great. And uh, what, but Sam, what the hell's with the toys, cars, and trucks? (laughs) They're children. I mean, they, that's, they, they are, they are the Hanson brothers. <laughs> they do two things. Slot car racing. They do slot car racing and they f- people up. It, but honestly, and what's hilarious is, I mean, these guys have long hair and all have those square <laughs> block black glasses. Yep. They're just, they look like dweebs. Absolutely. And I don't blame Paul Newman for what he says next when he goes to see the owner and he says, they're a bunch of re <laughs> <laughs> Like, and we're not supposed to use that word these days, but kind of. <laughs> and what kills me is that they're, they're like, Paul Newman is very much like, I'm not playing these guys. And they're just looking at him like, oh, hey, coach. What's going on? Hey, yeah, we'll be ready for you. We'll be ready for you. We'll be ready to go. They're the best teammates. (laughs) Yes, they are. 
uh, got it. Uh, <laughs> this should they should have been the movie. Okay, at the bar. Later, Reg meets his eventually ex-wife, Francine, with whom he still has a good friendship. Okay. We also know more of Ned and Lily. Lily is just pissed, but I don't know why. And uh, holy shit, we see Swoozy Coots. Coots? (laughs) Swoozy Cooch. Swoozy Kurtz was young at one point. (laughs) I'm wondering, is that part of the joke with Lily being so pissed off and you don't know why? Is that because a man is usually like, she's so pissed off and I don't know. You know what? I would say that that would be the case if this was an A24 movie and you had to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't understand why they don't work because it's not like she's doing anything wrong. He's technically not doing anything wrong. What happened? We need the, we, we need what brought them to this point at the, in this movie. Cause I don't understand it. I think it's because it's pretty clear that she hates where she lives, which I can empathize. Right. And then she also has an emotionally distant boyfriend who's a minor league hockey player that travels a lot. And so she's alone in the town that she hates. So I can see where the resentment comes from. But she's also, like we find later on, she's also doing so many things to get his attention. Yeah, and he's just not even like. Yeah, it, it takes her getting a whole makeover in the end. She boofs herself from Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she has value. Right, right. That's how it works. Yeah, ladies, take note. Seven okay. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy. I never lived in a time, <laughs> a time when plaid pants were what you wore to the bar instead of hey. just the golf course. Hey. And. Uh, Paul Newman, even in this town, could probably do a little bit better than Jennifer Warren in this. No, yeah, he could pull. Yeah, like, I feel like Paul Newman... Especially as, like, a hockey player. When he when Paul Newman was first in the movies, he came into the movies around 30 and retired around 35. Like, he just... He, he kept five years in between there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, But this is a weird... I feel like the scene is just comes out of nowhere. Like, oh, by the way, we're in a bar now. I, I think it's... I think it's a fine transition. I think it's part of the game. But wouldn't you have liked to see the Hansons in the bar also with them? Well, no, they're playing cars. Well, that's the thing is you just introduced us to the most wonderful characters. <laughs> and now you're going to take us to this. Well, they probably just drink milk. They don't go out to the bar. And here's another question. Is is Reggie hitting on Lily? 100%. Okay. He's a scumbag. He's a complete and total scumbag. So they brought him in as a sympathetic character. And now you're sitting there going, I don't like this guy. <laughs> no, he's a huge piece of shit. Yes, okay. The entire movie, he's a huge piece of shit. Like he's hitting on her in front of Ned. <laughs> oh yeah. Never oh, stops. I'm okay. I was wondering if I was just like picking up on shit that I wasn't supposed to be picking no, up. No, he's just a huge piece of shit. <laughs> okay. So he's trying to sleep with Lily actively. Yes. Yeah, this scene, before the bus leaves for an away game, Lily offers Ned a book with all the sex scenes highlighted, but he refuses to take it, though Reg is impressed. Okay, so he he says something, like Ned says something to Lily as he gets away, and Reg immediately walks up to her, says the same thing, but like, you look really beautiful, or whatever it was. And I'm like, if I notice one of my, you know, my captain <laughs> going up to my girlfriend yeah. after I say goodbye to say goodbye 
I but don't go, get but, this couple. But <laughs> in uh, in her defense, I mean, the, the boyfriend is clearly just not interested. So why are they a couple? Yeah, why are a lot of people couples, Joe? But why I, are a lot of couples couples? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, See, this is this we're getting. This is this was this was funded by A twenty four back in the seventies. <laughs> You just didn't know it. It was under a different name where you have to read into things. And, and it's just the reflection of his own grief and disappointment in himself as not being a pro <laughs> hockey player. And there is no way, there's no way in hell an owner would travel on the bus. Hell no. There's no way. That, no, no, no. I call him bullshit right now on this. Well, it's because he, um, well, number one, he has no money. He's broke. Number two, it was a business deal. So he had to hitch a ride. Wait, does McCambridge own the team still? No, he's the she's manager. Bu- she's no. buying the team. Sorry, she has bought the she she owns the team. She yeah. has owned the team since her husband passed. Gotcha. Okay, but the manager is trying to make a deal mm-hmm. so he can get a cut. Gotcha. Because remember, she's not going to sell him. Yeah, and she's not going to give him money. Well, we also don't learn that who the owner is until the like last the very, three fourths of the movie. Yeah, like two and a half hours later. Yeah, two and a half hours. Feels that way. <laughs> okay. On the bus, Ned runs a betting pool and says that he will earn enough money to buy the team so he can run it his way. The team worries about a crazy player named Ogie Oglethorpe, but learns he was suspended and won't play. As Reg, great. Thanks for the tease. As Reg leaves the hotel for the game, he spots the Hansons playing with their racing cars. In the locker room, he sees them wrapping their knuckles with aluminum foil <laughs> and tape prior to the game. They haven't even hit the ice yet, and they're already a menace. <laughs> Oh my god! Like and just you're you're th- that yeah you're thrown for a loop. You're like, what the? F- <laughs> well, even Paul Newman goes, they're not hitting the they're not hitting the ice. <laughs> <laughs> but the, they know they're not going to play. But during the pep talk, they're just echoing everything Newman is saying. They're the they're let's the, go out there. Yeah, let's go out there. They're yeah. the best teammates. <laughs> they really are. They're the best sports teammates ever. They are full support. <laughs> No matter what you say, mm-hmm. we're gonna give them. Yeah, we're gonna fucking give it to them. <laughs> and he keeps and looking back at him, looks at him like, "What the? Fuck are What's you wrong with you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you you see that, and you're like, they show they were showing more passion for playing right now than anybody, anybody in else. the locker room, <laughs> and they can't get off the bench. No. Okay, Reg has a role in the hay with Suzanne Hanrahan, who reveals that she discovered she is a lesbian after a night of drinking and exploratory sex with another player's wife. <laughs> I love this bit. Paul Newman, the only man who can make a lesbian straight for one evening. And uh, that's Melinda Dillon, everybody. The mom from A Christmas Story. Shut the f*** up. I will never see her the same way again. What? That is the mom from A Christmas Story. Look at us. Exposing everybody. Uh, she exposed herself. Mm. Uh, this is just gratuitous nudity at this point. <laughs> I don't mind it, but it's completely unnecessary. It's so over the top. <laughs> it's a two-minute story where she's sitting there, topless, just hanging out. And God bless Paul Newman. You know, you are, you are a fine actor because I watched the second time last night. I watched your eyes. They never once dropped from her eye line in that entire scene. Professionalism right there. Professionalism. Chivalry's not dead, ladies. Exactly. Respect between yeah. That two being actors. said, she went from clams to wieners. <laughs> and that's a strategy that he can use against his ex or her her ex-husband. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. <laughs> 
on the ice, Reg decides to sneak a goal and approaches Tommy Hanrahan in the goalie cage. Oh, so that's the point of the scene beforehand. Yep. Skating by and egging him on about his wife being a duck. Hanrahan. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be censored out. <laughs> Hanrahan chases Reg and leaves the cage open for a Chiefs goal. Ned is disgusted oh, and calls gosh. the team's win garbage. Reg, however, wants the team to be fired up and have hope for the future, so he works with the reporter Dickie Dunn to suggest that a Florida retirement community may buy the team. Florida retirement company. Community. Community. Yeah. I mean, isn't that really like a hockey player's dream is he gets to play a hockey in an arena and then go out into sunny? Yeah. Like, remember when the Florida Panthers got a team and everyone's kind of like, why are we putting an NHL team in a place where there's no ice? <laughs> now look at the, look at fucking Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because their GM was Steve Eiserman. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, this is how you know it's a minor league team. There's no way a pro goalie would leave the net for that. You know they probably hear 10 times worse. <laughs> but he, he gives this weird-ass look when he throws his face mask I mean, was up. Was it offensive back then? Like, if... Uh, it probably was. There was a lot of homophobia back then. Yeah, about and, like, that. if your significant other was gay, then you were, were associated with yeah. them. I believe that Miss you know, Ralphie's mom from A Christmas Story says something like, by proxy, if she's gay, he must he be queer, <laughs> is what she says. Yeah. Uh, see, now this, these are the type of movies that are beautiful because you get to go in a time machine and see how oh. people dealt with other people. Yeah, it was <sighs> beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, jumps into a penalty box. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's not as great as it seems. I have here, I put, I have one issue. The best parts of the movie have nothing to do with hockey. It's just about the antics beyond the game at this point. Yeah. Like, I feel like the best parts of the hockey in this from this point on are almost Mighty Ducks D2 style where they bring a lasso onto the ice. And you're like, that would never happen, but I guess it's going on in this movie. Yeah. Also, I'm wondering, what's the longest runtime for, what, what, which movie holds the record for, sorry, which comedy movie holds the record for longest playtime? I have no idea. Because I want to say it's this. Because I don't know of any other, well, no, Knocked Up is really, really long. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even watch that movie from beginning to end. It's so long. I'll look it up a little bit later, uh, but I'm curious now when you brought it up. Cause I'm thinking to myself, cause usually comedy is like an hour and a half. Hour and a half. That's the gold standard. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I don't know, but is this a comedy? I think so. 100. I think this is a, this is a slapstick hockey movie. Okay. This is what I considered this movie to be a slapstick sports movie. Would you rather put it in the comedy pantheon? No, because it's because it's so it's like the love guru yeah. where that is a comedy with hockey. This is hockey with comedy. Okay, gotcha. I got it's, you. It to me, this movie is a perfect parody of actual hockey. But it's not meant to be a parody because it's a minor league team that's struggling. Is it not? Well, I think they're doing all this shit because they're trying to get people in. Because they weren't doing it before. Yeah, but it's so ridiculous. And well, it's, it's making fun of itself. Would ma would Major League be considered a uh, a parody of a baseball movie? Yes, I think so. But when you watch it, there's nothing out of the ordinary happening during the games. Uh, it's all okay. behind the scenes. Okay, so well, in this case, I think there are things that are um, totally blown out of proportion. Yeah, specifically the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this would be. So I guess Major Leagues would be a sports movie. Yeah. 
But no, this is still, a, to me, it's still a sports movie that has slapstick humor. You can't have this movie without the sport theme in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next day, Reg sees Lily in the town square and talks with her because he's still trying to get a little. Uh, she's in a bad mood and even cusses over a statue of a dog in the square, supposedly a canine hero credited with saving the town during a 1938 flood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> She thinks Ned is cheating on her. That's why she's mad. Got it. Stuck in a small town and your partner's cheating on you. That's tough. I'm team Lily. Yeah. I'm team but Lily. But is he actually point. cheating on her? No. 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 And yeah, this movie has no standards. And I'm, and I'm assuming <laughs> that this was the reason for the confusion is because uh, the writer's brother, I'm assuming most of the girlfriends, mm. that was how they acted. Uh, probably. Yeah. Because they were... Look, you're on a minor team. You're probably not in the best city. Right. And you have a hockey player boyfriend who travels all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's where the inspiration was. You needed that. This is what it's like to date a hockey player and what hockey players have to deal with. Because that's this is the locker room talk. Yes. Yeah. Are we supposed to... Who 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 is the audience supposed to get behind in this movie? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> No idea. Because I thought it was Newman, and now I'm watching. No. I'm like, I don't get behind this guy. No, he's a huge prick. Yeah. And then, yeah, Lily, you're like, oh, she's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then her boyfriend, like, well, you're an idiot. You're behind. <laughs> the only people I'm behind are the Hanson Bros, and they're the biggest pricks in the game. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, you know, I'm Team Jim Carr. The interviewer at the beginning of the movie. There you go. There you <laughs> I can get behind that guy. There you go. Uh, Reg tries to bolster the team's morale one player at a time and talks with Dave Carlson about aging and suggests it may be time to quit hockey. Dave idolizes Reg, and when Barclay Donaldson from the Broome County team suggests that Reg shouldn't be in the league, Dave goes after him, and the fight puts him out of the game. Finally, desperate to win, Reg releases the Hansons on the rival team. The Hansons immediately assault and brutalize the opposition, much to the delight of the Charlestown's working-class fans, who create a booster club and begin following the team on their own bus to attend away games. So, has Reg's whole career been in the minors? Because it seems like an odd person to idolize then. <laughs> uh, that's what I assume. He's just been stuck. Yeah. Uh is Dunlop basically creating a circus on the ice? Showbiz, baby. Okay. Got that entertainment. Because I was watching and I thought, he's going to do this to lower the value of the team so he could buy it. No, I think he wanted to grow popularity. Okay, see, and at the time, I wasn't sure about what that was going on because there was so much mystery about who the owner is and what's happening behind closed doors. Every time you heard a plot point about that, they close a door on it and be like, okay, well, I guess we're not going to learn. Yeah, no, the whole time he's trying to get it uh, because the team's going under uh, and he's not ready to give up. All he's trying to do is get them better. Okay. So somebody buys them. Because wasn't there a point on the bus when him and Ned were talking about the team and they were like, well, what if we bought it ourselves? Yeah, but that was dismissed. Okay. That was just, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. But yeah, the Hanson bros, uh, like when, stallions on it, the planes. As two people who enjoy body horror, how much did you love them stitching his lip? <sighs> <laughs> Part of the game. But the fact that that was happening in this movie, I was like, there's no way that was a special effect. I don't believe that for one second. No, no, that was, that was a, that was a hook going in a lip. <sighs> yeah. I can only assume those makeup, but damn, it did not look like did it. Did not look like it. No. Um, if you don't know who the Hanson brother are, uh, think happy Gilmore times three. 
hits everything, plays illegally, can't put the puck in the net. Trying to slit your throat with some skates. Yes. Yeah. The just bruisers. And when they first entered the game, I'm like, thank they they needed to inject some steroids into this movie. Here it is. But then on the same in the same game, as I'm sitting there vaulting them to this great height, I then start to ask myself, how come there's no penalties being called? Because it's entertainment. It's good. It's good old fashioned hockey. But it's like you went from like the beginning of the scene. We were talking about how great the hockey was in the beginning. Yeah. And now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And not a single penalty. I mean, they're, I mean, I kind of, my mind kind of checked out at this point. Yeah. This is where, I mean, this is where they start leaning into, I mean, there's still hockey. There's still like hockey drama, but this is where they're starting to lean into like the parody side of things. And um, I really, I mean, it's just so over the top, over the board. And, you know, I think you're kind of hinted that there's only one ref on the ice and he can't see everything. Yeah. I guess for me, it's, I, I just, if I knew the movie was what it is now at the beginning, I've been like, okay, I'm in this movie. I understand what I'm getting out of this, but we got a different movie at the beginning than what this yeah. is right now. And I'm sitting there going, what happened? Yeah, it's just different. Uh, I still think there was, even from the beginning, I, th- I still think that type of humor and where it was going. Like with, um, you know, with the pissing himself. Yeah, yeah. The, even the interview when he's like slashing the interview or like, <laughs> it's, like this is, it's it's a violent sport. Yeah. And now you're seeing like the violence. Yeah. There, But there's some other things. Like nobody knows who's signing the checks. That's bullshit. Seventies no. <laughs> minor league. Mm. And we, you and I talked about how this movie's really, really long. Uh, we have an ice capade scene. This was necessary. Cause I wrote, did the writers run out of ideas? And I'm like, no, they tried to find more. Yeah. You could take that scene out completely. It doesn't change a damn thing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. No, I, th- I legitimately think you could cut half this movie out. Yeah. You know what? Maybe this is more like Police Academy. I think you just nailed it. This is the Police Academy on Ice. I think you just nailed it. This is Police Academy on Ice. I'm just figuring this out right. Yes. It's not quite real. Yeah. But there's ridiculous shit. Yes. If this is Police Academy. Okay. Nice job. I know what movie we're in now. Okay. There we go. Hell yeah. At a game against Peterborough, the teams begin fighting before the game begins and with no officials on the top of the ice to stop the ruckus. The boys are mutilated as they finally stand at attention for the national anthem. An official breaks ranks to yell at the Hansons, but one of them points out that they are at attention because the song hasn't finished and the official cools off. Go for it. <laughs> Say it. I'm listening to the fucking song. <laughs> like mid-national anthem. This, this, this ref is so heated. He can't wait until the national anthem is over. You guys better not do anything wrong out there. I swear to God, I'll throw you out of this game so quick. I'm watching another fucking song. (laughs) Like, shut the fuck up and have some respect. You're right. This is one of the most famous scenes in the movie. (laughs) Have some respect for the national anthem. (laughs) Fuck off. It just comes out of nowhere. (laughs) And just to paint a picture for those that haven't seen this, his glasses are like shattered. Yes. He's got blood dripping down his face. Like the whole team was looked f-ed up. And this was before the this game. This was before the game. They, Cause they fought. 
Because then you didn't they weren't they doing warm ups and then yeah. one of the Hansons just fucking broke his stick on somebody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, by the time the team goes to an away game against Hyannisport, they are winning, but their reputation has preceded them, and mobs of people boo them at their arrival. They stop jeering when the bus drives by with all the Chiefs and boosters mooning them out of every bus window as they pass. The other Chiefs players soon take their cue from the popularity of the Hansons and become goons, fighting as much as, if not more than, actually playing hockey. At Peterborough, a fan throws something and hits a Hanson in the face, and all three brothers... <laughs> take to the stands to find and pummel him. Malice at the Palace has nothing on the Hansons jumping the glass to get to the guy who threw shit. Oh my God, I love it in real hockey. No, it's the, the other f- guy. No, no way. It, it's the other it's guy. It's the other guy. No, it wasn't that dude. It's it was the that other one. <laughs> I love it when fans who don't know how to act to hockey players and the hockey players jump the glass. It's great. It's beautiful. It's one thing to do it at a basketball game because there's no glass. But you, when you fired up a hockey player so much that he wants to climb six feet of plexiglass to get to you. And kill you. You run. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> People, like, I think that's another problem with, you know, fans of hockey. Like, you forget how big those guys are. Yes. They look small. They're big. Right. When you get up to them. Very big humans. They tend to always provoke the ones who are always getting in fights too, which is the wrong thing which to do. Very wrong to do. You, you provoke a sackic. You, you provoke a, an Iserman. Yeah, well, you, you, you don't provoke a passive forward. <laughs> you don't go for like a you know mid nah. or d- no. Uh-uh. Joe, Joey Corser, you don't touch. You don't do that. After the game, the police arrest the Hansons. Peterborough still loses the game. When the bus arrives back in Charleston and Ned is not on it for Lily to pick up, he gets off and walks the last few miles. Lily is upset and tears out of the lot in her van, but not before Reg climbs aboard and starts talking to her about getting her head straight. No, he wants to get some head straight. You know what I'm saying? She drops him at his place and drives off in tears. Francine tells Reg she has a job offering in Long Island and will be moving away. Oh my God. Was that a Nazi sympathizer who goes on the bus at 108 in this movie? What? You didn't see this? No. Oh, I'm. I'm. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you missed this because I saw it and I was like, "Huh? There's a Nazi in the crowd who goes on the bus with them." Hold the fuck. Uh, here it is. Holy shit! <laughs> oh my! Get on! <laughs> Who are we rooting for in this movie? <laughs> Why was he written in? Like, what's the who's just I, like? He's I a supporter know about Nancy of violence, Dowd. and he loves the the violence of hockey. I want to know if Nancy Dowd is actually Nancy Dowd, <laughs> or oh if it's just like, like what the what was the point? I don't know, but it's so Get on the it, bus, let's go. It wasn't even understated. It was like, let's put a guy in a helmet with a giant, giant white swastika, swastika on his helmet and the lightning bolts. I, I was, I saw it. And I was like, did I see that right? <laughs> Dude, I must've been baked. I just didn't, <laughs> didn't see that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that happened. Uh, <laughs> The storylines involving Lily and Francine are not interesting enough to extend this movie. No, no, I, yeah, like this is the point where she gets her hair done. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. If this was just about Dunlop trying to tank the season to buy the team and all, I'd say this was pretty even. But I can't get behind Dunlop's romance with Francine. And I don't care about Ned and Lily and be invested in their story. No. No, I think this is, I think this was just brought in, you know, this this was part of the draft of the script. And I think it was just adding more of stories, like from the locker room of like how the, the, the girl, the, the relationships of the hockey players. I almost, get, I almost get the feeling that they, they filmed all the hockey stuff and then showed it to the execs and they said, we need more. We need to bring in the female audience because there's nothing in this that's going to do that. So they wrote in the romance, romance stuff stories. And in doing so, it just feels like two completely different movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, look, they didn't spend a whole lot of money on this movie. It, this is of, of Paul Newman's movies. This wasn't a blockbuster. No. Uh, it made great money for a sports movie. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I'm assuming they made over a hundred million dollars. Well, by today's in, in, money in, in, in inflation. Yeah. It, by so, this okay, money, so it was they, made, they made 20 million, 28. Yeah. 28. I can't imagine this like for the seventies. I can't imagine they paid more than a couple million. Right. Yeah. So they made money. Oh no. Renting out uh, rinks is pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Reg goes on Jim Carr's radio show to announce that he wants to put a $100 bounty on the head of a Syracuse player, Tim McCracken. Uh, Dave, who has taken the name Killer Carlson, calls Reg, anxious to claim the money, which Reg says will have have to be earned. Reg tries to get some sleep before the game, but Joe calls to read him off for putting a bounty on a player's head, and suddenly Lily has arrived with the dog, who takes over Reg's bed and her belongings, anxious to straighten herself out. What the shit is going on here? Reg passes out in the remaining bed space left by the St. Bernard. Before the game, Reg yells at the organist for playing Lady of Spain and rips up the shades music. <laughs> the game is going well with plenty of beatings between goals, but Ned refuses to play dirty, so Reg benches him, first in his career. And Ned goes to the broadcast booth to gripe to Jim Carr, going into an uncharacteristic tirade and discovering that Jim wears a toupee and announcing it on the air. I, I love the, uh, I don't know why Lily's there, I, <laughs> but... It, it cracks me up, but more importantly, it just cracks me up like he's just trying to sleep. Yeah. Oh, I just love that scene. Yeah. Like, he just can't get a break. The phone. He's been trying to get in her pants the whole movie. She's available, and now he wants to sleep. Yeah. Like a man. I, <sighs> Need some shut-eye before the game. Who wrote this movie? Okay. <laughs> Finally, Reg finds out that the team is owned by somebody named McCambridge. So he goes to the owner's home to talk with him. It turns out he is a she. Widow Anita McCambridge tells Reg that she abhors violence and won't let her kids watch hockey. She plans to fold the team to take a tax write-off as her accountants have recommended. She realizes the Chiefs can be sold, but chooses not to. Disgusted, Reg insults her and leaves, then drives to Ned's house to find he is out in the woods trying to avoid talking to him. He yells to Ned that he can play however he wants, and since the team is folding, he wants to go out in style. Uh, when in doubt, go anti-homosexual. Seems like a recurring pattern in this movie. <laughs> and uh, She won't sell it for tax reasons. At least give us an explanation behind it, because most people don't understand the finance behind this decision. Yeah, all I can do... like. I could call up my buddy and who's huge into sports economics, but yeah. for me, I just have to take their word. Like, okay. Cause I've always been told that if you own a sports team, you never let that go. Cause it's cash, constant uh-huh. cash. Even if you're losing, it is cash. Oh, cash. 
Yeah, so when she said this, I was like, why? Well, then how are Detroit Lions and Red Wings still a team? They sell out their stadiums every fucking week. Detroit fans have been watching. They've been selling out their stadium every single week, no matter winning or losing. They love that team. They love that team. All right. I rescind my joke. Respect. I mean, it's there Respect. is no bandwagon fans in Detroit. That's all we got. Solid. The Motor right. City Kitties. The Pontiac Pussies. That's what we are. Uh, Reg takes Lily to Francine's beauty shop for a makeover at his expense. She says Lily is pretty and could look like Cher with the right hair and makeup. She doesn't look like Cher. Uh, she looks like Boof from Teen Wolf. Uh, at the championship game, Reg tells the guys that he wants to play old-time hockey and not be a goon for what might be his last game. The Hansons are all for it, so they, so they take the ice and wait for the Syracuse team to come out. <laughs> but the ice remains empty. Then the announcer receives the roster for the opposition. They have brought out the top goons to play against the Chiefs, including McCracken and the dreaded Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe. The moment the puck drops, the Syracuse men launch upon the Chiefs in a massive fight. Ned doesn't get involved, and Joe sits in amazement in the stands as his boys don't fight back. At the halftime break, Joe hollers at the mangled Chiefs that he has gathered every major NHL talent scout to watch, to the game to watch them and offer contracts. Sam, why didn't Joe tell them before the game? This movie, decision-making doesn't make any sense in this. I think it's one of those things <laughs> where if you know that a very important person is watching like your performance or your game. It's better that they don't know and give into the pressure. Maybe could be. And also is that, have they, has he is, um, I would believe Ned he they told the team yet that they're not getting sold or they're, has he told him this is their last game in their last season? Well, I think he says this is his last game. Yeah. But is it, he, has he told the team? I don't think he's told the team that they're gone. Okay. I don't think that's happened. And I don't think that does happen, actually. I don't think no, it ever I think gets he crossed. slides it under. Yeah. But if let's just say that this team is going to play again next year. Wouldn't you go out there and tell the guys, hey, guys, there are scouts here. The fact that it's not going to yeah. and he doesn't tell them makes Joe a prick, too. Well, um, this movie wasn't written by a hockey player. I. Yeah. It was written by a woman. I want to know what Nancy Dowd also did. Yeah. Not, Nazi I mean, pro propaganda videos. <laughs> yeah. That, that's weird. Like. She wrote that did scene an, in. Did Animal House come out yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was. Like it reminds me of the sergeant guy. Though. Right. Right. <laughs> that dude. That guy. Yes. Yeah. But he but didn't have any. That dude wasn't a Nazi. Him. No. He just had the uh, Kaiser helmet on. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we're just throwing all the shit to the wind at this point. Uh, just a sprinkle of Nazi there. Yeah. Back on the ice, old-time hockey is gone, replaced by the Chiefs' old ways. While Ned sits on the bench, he suddenly spots Francine escorting the new, improved Lily to the stands. That's right, guys. She's got she's all thatted. He is overcome with the sight of her, and suddenly he skates out to center ice and begins removing parts of his uniform. Uh-huh. Jim Carr is stunned and disgusted. And, but the, but the band launches into the stripper as Ned continues his strip tease and the other players slowly cease their fighting to watch. McCracken yells at an official to stop Ned, but he finds nothing wrong and won't interfere. McCracken then strikes the official, who declares the Syracuse team has forfeited the game and takes the winner's cup to Reg, who passes it to Ned as they skate off the ice. 
Ned, stripped down to his skates and jackstrap, of course, to thunderous applause. The Chiefs win the Federal League and receive a hero's welcome back in Charleston. Here's the moral of the story, guys. Yep. What's the moral? It's all about the Rockets, boys. <laughs> and only stripping can stop violence? Yes. I say you wrote that? Yes. <laughs> uh, the ladies that are there are dressed uh, like they're heading to the club, not the skate rink. Hey, you gotta got to put a show on for the boys. And uh, so all they had to do for Ned was pretty up Lily. <laughs> that was it. Apparently. Apparently that is what it takes. 82 a, games in hockey season. They a woman 80. to put on some makeup and do her hair and get what, ready for the man. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't think I've laughed harder in this movie than when, <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the what is it? The hockey player, the the Oglethorpe or whatever the captain is. Mm. He runs up to the refs like this is this isn't hockey. <laughs> <laughs> like anything that they've been doing has been anything but nothing hockey. since the twenty three minute mark in this movie has been, been hockey. hockey. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. When he strips down, all I could think about was. In D2, when the one girl who's a figure skater does like, you know, the spins oh, in the middle. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? what? And they score. And I'm like, stop it. Stop it now. All that momentum. Oh, the puck's going to go flying. <laughs> Reg is pleased that the NHL's Minnesota Nighthawks want to hire him as their coach and that several key Chiefs players will be part of the bargain. Reg and Ned sit atop a convertible in the victory parade and Ned Lily is by Ned's side. Reg says farewell to Francine, who interrupts the victory parade in town as he lets her drive through with her things in a trailer, and he tells her to stay in touch th- through his new team. And that's all, folks. A parade and you're done. Yeah, so <laughs> she she wanted a... I'm, I'm starting to understand this now. <laughs> really? Explain it. <laughs> the writer saw Animal House, uh-huh. and she saw Police Academy. And said, you know what? I can make these hockey players. Although Police Academy didn't come out until like the 80s. That's right. Yeah. I thought it was the 70s. No. Let's face it. This is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. <laughs> um, damn. I mean. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. It's just... Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I wonder if this was her first movie. Her name is Tui. No, her name is Dowd. <laughs> Dowd. Um, Nancy Dowd. Because there's points in this where it is a hockey movie, and then it veers way off. She won an Oscar, but not for Slapshot. Well, yeah, that's pretty obvious. But she won. She was a nominee for the Writers Guild of America for Slapshot. Wow. What the hell else was available then? Wow. Okay. Let's see here. Comedy, comedy. Okay. Annie Hall won that year. Okay. Wait, what the f*** Strong. is this? No, hold on. For, for the Writers Actors Guild, it says best comedy written directly for the screen. The nominees were Annie Hall, yeah. Slapshot, The Goodbye Girl by Neil Simon, and Star Wars A New Hope? <laughs> really? E- explain I think the comedy. It had, it had to... <laughs> comedy? Was somebody in Star Wars talking Jawa like in the B- Boba Fett movie? <laughs> I'm very confused. How did that sneak in? Annie Hall. Yeah. 
total winner. Yeah. Slapshot, comedy. Comedy. Goodbye Girl has comedic moments. Star Wars? I don't remember laughing once. Maybe there when wasn't Han Solo wasn't runs really... towards the stormtroopers and they're all in there. Maybe. That was great. That was Slapshot. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. It, yes. Okay. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 50%. That's three fresh and three rotten. The critics on average gave this film a 4.9 out of 10. Uh, the critics' consensus says, raunchy, violent, and very funny. Slapshot is ultimately set apart by a wonderful com- comic performance by Paul Newman. I can't disagree with any of that. No. I, I'm, 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 I, Paul Newman's not very funny in this. No. But I laugh at what he does and how much of a piece of shit he is. Like, this is almost, you know, a Seinfeld or... Um, yeah. So Always Sunny It's like... You're a horrible person, and I'm laughing at what you're doing. Yes. Uh, Let's take a look at what those critics said about this one from the rotten side. Uh, Gary Arnold of the Washington Post said, quote, Newman is literally a diamond in the rough, and it requires a certain forbearance to separate his quality from the surrounding raunch. He was as as raunchy, if not the most. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the creepy dude in the lock. That one player they have that is obsessed with sex. Oh, yes, yes. He creeps me out. Yeah. He's too, like, too far. A little bit. Uh, Richard Schickel of Time Magazine said, quote, Slapshot may have done a lot of fast skating and solid body, some solid body checking, but in the last period it makes a costly slip and misses its goal. I think so. Yeah. Because I think with any good sports movie, you either have a victorious win or a redeeming loss. I like that, yes. Good Not, and this. I remember rewatching this and just going, because the ending, they they are handed the win because the other team couldn't keep their mouth shut and they got disqualified. Right. So I was like, I already wasn't rooting for you and you guys <laughs> still won <laughs> because of a technicality. Right. Like Karate Kid getting punched, kicked in the face. Yeah. That should have been a point taken away. Uh, should have punched him in the dick. Yep. <laughs> Get him in the dick. Uh, variety. Quote, half the time Hill invites the audience to get off on the mayhem. The other half of the time, he decries it. I think that's fair. I'd say that's fair, too. Half the movie, which is just like the relationship bits, I think could be cut out. You're trying to make, I guess, some serious moments in a slapstick film. Now, this is one of those few movies where there's a massive gap between the critics and the audience. The audience score, the rating is a 4.2 out of 5 with 89% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. That's huge. I think that's fair. Uh, So is... Based on that massive gap, would you agree that that's probably one of the criteria for being a cult movie? Is that the critics hate it, but yeah, the audience what? loves every second of it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. This is absolutely a cult film. Well, the movie's over. Were you entertained? And I'm going to say, I was randomly entertained throughout <laughs> this entire movie, but it was long. It's a long-ass movie. Yes. Like, especially for a comedy. Yes, it's a it was. a long-ass movie. What about you? Oh, I love this movie. Yeah. It's, it toes the line between comedy and sports very well in most of it um that being said it, it's so stupid it's hilarious okay uh, so i was thoroughly entertained i have here according to screen rant the 10 longest comedy movies ranked by runtime oh okay so here we go so number 10 sex in the city 2 was 146 minutes that's not a comedy well it's a it's a it's a comedy drama <laughs> okay uh number nine number nine was funny people that was 146 that, minutes. Once again, that was not a funny movie. That was a super depressing movie. Oh, this is great. Number eight, Bad Boys 2, 
147. That's minutes. not a comedy. It's a Michael Bay movie. Number seven, Inherent Vice, 148 minutes. I'm still waiting for a funny movie to come around. <laughs> Number six, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 161 minutes. Oh, yeah, for sure a comedy. Number five, Three Idiots, 170 minutes. Never heard of it. Number four, La Dolce Vita, 174 v- minutes. Still never heard oh, of it. Oh, number three, The Wolf of Wall Street, 180 minutes. These aren't comedies. Okay, number two is Shortcuts in 1993, 188 minutes. But number one is a comedy. 210 minutes from 1963. It's a mad, 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 mad world. That was the rat race before rat race. Remember the movie rat race? Yeah, I can't. That was rat race was a remake of this movie. If rat race, wow! If if rat race was that long, I'd probably kill myself. Two hundred and ten <laughs> minutes. That's so long. That is three and a half, half hours. hours. <laughs> it's the first ever rat race type movie. As it sees a group long. of okay, let's see here. Uh, it made sixty million dollars when it was released sixty years ago. That would be over five hundred million today. God, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> but like Slapshot feels long at 123 minutes. <laughs> well, speaking of, let's find out if the awards got it right for Slapshot. And uh, look at that. No awards. At the Academy Awards, no nominations, no wins. Golden Globes, no nominations, no wins. And Saturn didn't exist back then. Neither did MTV Awards or the Razzies. So it got nothing. Nothing. On to our next segment. And you know what? At least if there's any specialty awards. Remember the specialty awards? Oh, were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. A slap shot for IMDb. Because that's what's going to be something. There, it has to like be. Like roast awards or something. Oh, uh, let's see. Slap shot. Uh, 77. Show me a war. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, it was nominated for three awards that year. Total. The Writers Guild of America for Best Comedy. The Ho Chi Award, Film Awards for Best Foreign Language Film. Because the Ho, Ho Chi Awards are in Japan. Yeah. And then the award of the Japanese Academy for Best Foreign Language Film. So it won the Ho Chi Film Awards, but not at the Japanese Academy. This movie. The Japanese loved Slapshot. They loved them some Slapshot. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. This movie was better off oh, of yeah. our soil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in this movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, and downright travesties, and we're going to start with the top three. My number three, if you like the hockey scenes in Happy Gilmore, you will love the Hanson Brothers. This is clearly where Adam Sandler got the idea. My number two, the slapstick moments still work. Yeah, they do. It's still funny. They're still funny. And my number one, the idea behind a hockey club that is so bad with an aging veteran who wants to buy the team but can't afford it, so he has to drop the value of the team is where you, what you can build around. But they didn't do that. No, no. It started out with that great idea, and then 
Just didn't know how to end it. Well, what are your top three? Uh, I think the comedy may have aged uh, in <laughs> most of it. I'll say that 90, was the nicest way to I'll say, say it. 90% of it works <laughs> still. 90%. Yes. Um, for, for a slapstick comedy movie, there really is a great hockey to be had uh. and a lot of player, like a, a lot of hockey player humor, which I appreciate. Obviously, it's not meant for the audience, but mm. it's hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, and then number one is the handsome bros. This is the this is the golden egg. If they weren't in this movie, it would be an unwatchable. Yeah, it'd be. I I couldn't. Yeah, no, this would not have been nominated. No, the Hansons make it. Yeah, they really do. This would be like nominating Shrek because you like Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the bottom three. Timed event. My number three. Any scene with Lily and Reg, or any scene with Francine and Reg. Or any scene with Lily and Ned. Any scene that has nothing to do with hockey. Get it out. Yeah. Uh, my number two, there is a lot of filler scenes that don't contribute to this plot. And this movie is a half hour way too long. And my number one, I don't have anyone to root for in this. Yeah, everybody sucks in this. Everyone sucks. Uh, and that's... Even when you're rooting for the Hanson bros, they're... They're assaulting people. Yeah, it's it's a here's the thing. That's and that's probably why for me it's a it's a hard watch is because I need to be invested in somebody that I care about. Yeah. And if there's nobody where I'm like I'm behind Paul Newman, oh, Jesus, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe it. I can't get behind you now. You know, Ned. Okay, you're the straight as an arrow guy. What are you doing? Just Lily is right. There. Just be nice. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're a winner. You know. No. Okay, Sam. What are your bottom three? Uh. You know, a lot of it is shared with yours, but uh, I think the pacing is very off. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's due to the scenes that are unnecessary in the filler that I don't know why they weren't just cut out. Like, I don't know why they had to meet a two-hour playtime. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, The championship doesn't really feel like a championship. And, you know, that's (laughs) part of being a sports movie is the championship or the final game. Yes. And it doesn't matter if you lose or win, but (laughs) when you're stripping to stop the fighting and then (laughs) one of the player on the opposing team is so offended (laughs) at the state of hockey from the stripping. And he's one of the fighters. Oh, he's one of the fighters. And he's like, this isn't hockey. This is an embarrassment. Um, which is still a great line, but, you know, they won the championship because the other team got disqualified for not shutting up. Right. Like that's, that's they got what their, it took. They got their ass <laughs> and they still won. Um, I think it, my number one is the humor, humor wise. It, some of these things did not age well. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I am, I got some thick skin and this weirds me out sometimes with the homophobia and the misogyny. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, a point you can take some of it, but there's a point where it goes, you're beating it into the ground at this point. Yeah. You're just being weird. Now. Yeah. Um, and it's off putting. I will say that. It and is. you know, I'm, this is one of those movies where I'm surprised people haven't like demanded to be taken away. Cause it's so offensive. Well, that's the joy of it being a cult film is no one notices it. Yeah. And just flies under the radar. Yeah. And as long as it's still only available on VHS, no one will care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, that was great. Uh, 
We use a critics rating. We use an A to F scale here on the movie planet. A C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. The movie is so bad it receives F's from all of us. It goes to the movie planet global killer, a category of movie where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is. So the question is, what do you give 1977 Slapshot in the sports movie genre by today's standards? Because you nominated this, I will give you the last word. I will go first. <clears throat> This movie is two hours long, and that's a half hour too long, in my opinion. The humor in this movie is fantastically 70s, and that is completely inappropriate by today's standards. But I think it's hysterical. I appreciate the fact that it, it was in a different era, and therefore people spoke differently. If this offends you, you're young. When you get to be 30 or 40 years old and young people start to look down on how you used to speak, you will understand. Sports movies always have to have a delicate balance between the on-field and off-field storylines. It can't be all one or the other. It has to be both. Some movies do this really well and some fumble a little bit. For instance, in Hoosiers, the Normandale, the man had a storyline, and Normandale, the coach, had another. Both blended well and needed each other to succeed. In Bull Durham, Crash Davis and Annie Savoy are both involved with their own storyline that is equally interesting to the storyline for the team and necessary. This movie does not have the same balance. When we're on the ice, we're laughing, but we're not seeing any real hockey beyond the first 20 minutes or so. When we're off the ice, we're wishing we were back on the ice. We don't care about Lily, Francine, Ned, or any of the other characters. The Hansons are used way too sparingly. The team doesn't have enough differentiation amongst the characters to warrant having personal stories, and there are a few two of them. Are, there, there are too few of uh, there are there are a few too many leaps of faith. <laughs> I got it out. Nailed. Now, it is true, many of the sports movies owe a lot to the road that this movie paved. But not every movie that paves the way does it perfectly. I think this movie is definitely one of those you need to watch if you want to appreciate the evolution of the sports movie. The cinematography on the ice is incredibly well done, and the shots of the crowd feel legitimate and not forced. You feel like you're actually watching a game. Overall, I'm giving this a D+. Plus. <laughs> this is a below average sports movie today 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 yeah i think that's fair and i think it is more a testament to what not to do when making a sports movie than what to do yes it's a fun watch but i doubt many people at all watch this movie as a whole from start to finish in one sitting i sense more people watch clips from the movie and as far as movies hockey movies go it probably ranks number two or three behind miracle and goon yeah but the list is pretty short <laughs> for hockey movies. And I want to say is this is like saying Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback the Lions have ever had. And then you look at what the quarterbacks were that they have had and you go, that list sucked anyway. Sam, your go. So though some parts may not have aged very well, the satire of old school seventies hockey is brilliant and even funnier prior to the age of the enforcers, <laughs> almost like it was a foreshadow. As a sports movie, especially the hockey, it's impossible to fake. I really feel that when there isn't fighting on the ice, the actual hockey bits are primo. Mm -hmm. And a crazy reminder of how out of your mind you have to be to play hockey without a helmet. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> on the comedy side, this movie is hysterical and a great example of a sports movie that is aware of the silly and downright absurd bits of the game and embraces it fully in with a memorable cast of knuckleheads <laughs> uh, as a critic, you know, this, this movie has its faults. It has its pacing and has, you know, just half of the movie. doesn't really need to be in this. No. <laughs> so I give this, this, you know, this movie is a solid C for me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 
when we revisit this, look, slap shots in the Pantheon. It's there. it's there. It goes number one Hoosiers with an A, number two Moneyball with an A minus, Bull Durham at a B plus, and there's slap shot in number four. It's just hanging out there with a with a C minus. But that I think that's a fair place when you consider all the sport. Think of how many Mighty Duck movies would be below this movie. I mean, all two. All, how many were there? There were there was Three. Mighty Ducks. There was D two. Yeah. There was D three. D three. Was there a fourth one? There's a series. Oh, there's a series. It's about a fat kid. There isn't the other thing? Huh? Isn't Goldberg fat? The other thing? No, but the main character is like fat, and they're like, you can't be a hockey player because you're fat. Oh, okay. And they, they try to make it super serious. Super ethereal. Super ethereal? Super ethereal. <laughs> they're getting ethereal. Well, now, now that, let's get our critic stats off. Do you love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? Sam, go for it. I fucking love this movie, dude. <laughs> like, I love hockey. Yeah. I love playing it. I love watching it. There's, it's just, this is, you know, this is one of the foundations of hockey humor mm-hmm. in shows. Like, there's shit that Letter, like, Letter Kenny rips okay. off of this movie. Yeah. Like. The live, the live one? Yeah. <laughs> like, this this movie rips. It's, I, it's critically, you know, not a great movie. I wrote none of the above, but having rewatched it last night, I think I like this movie. There we go. It's, it's it grew on me last night. Nice, like a like a little bit of a fungus. And sometimes you got to see a movie twice to appreciate what it is. And the first time I watched it critically, and of course I was like, okay, uh-huh. and then the second, like just watching again last night, I was like, God, there's some good parts in this. There are really good. There parts are some in really this. good parts, and there's parts where I'm laughing, where I feel guilty laughing, but damn it, I don't care because uh, it's just funny. It reminds me of how. People used to talk, uh, you know, before they were worried about getting canceled or they're not woke enough. And, all, and you know, conversations with my grandpa and his friends. <laughs> yeah, be honest, be honest, here's the thing. You will never hear more honest talk than they talked in the 70s. Now everyone's afraid of offending people. But if you want to get what honest actually is when you're sitting there, I want to be as real as possible. This was real. This is real talk right there. <laughs> wow. You know? Yeah. I'm just being real. No, you're not. You being fake. This is real. This is real. Yeah. So I like this movie now. I, I, it, it's grown on me, and I did not think that was going to happen uh, upon a second viewing. Uh, but damn you, nice. damn you! You've Welcome. added another thing to my my uh, my brain box now. Welcome. Okay. Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show. I get to nominate one, and I'm nominating Goonies for the Family Film Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean, and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet Podcast are those of the individual hosts, and the Movie Planet Podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They're included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Sam! Any last words? Yeah, coach, all the movie clips and music included in the podcast and electric property of the respective copyright holders. They are included in the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Hey, I'm trying to listen to the fucking song. Yeah, coach. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Happy movie watching. See you.